Hey, Story Pillar friends, grown-ups, before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a wonderful mindfulness podcast for kids called Like You. Host Noah Glenn uses breathing techniques, affirmations, music, and imagination to help kids explore feelings and strengthen things like empathy and self-esteem. Find more information at likeyoupodcast.com and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, ready for the show? Hey, I'm so happy you're back. I'm Meg, a human person. And I'm Sneak. I'm a caterpillar with red sneakers. And guess what? Uh, Sneak? Is that a... A giant isn't she fantastic? Her name is Sparky, and I found her at the post office. Long story, don't ask. And I love her, and she's perfect, and she's my best friend in the whole wide world, don't you, Sparky Wookie? Holy cheeseball sneak, are you serious right now? Moms are gonna freak out. No, won't. They don't even have to know, because she can just live here at the studio, and we can build her a little house in the pool with a water slide. Uh, let me think about that a little bit, Sneak. Oh, whoa, this place isn't really chicken-proof. Okay, there go my headphones. Uh, for the record, this is a terrible idea. Well, let's finish introductions at least, and then we can make a giant chicken plan. Hey, I'm Bean. I'm a butterfly, and I like to wear yellow hats. Okay, now that you know who we are, this is... Story Story Killer! I feel a story coming on Wonder where we'll end up today We'll blast around the world we sneak and be leading the way Go Story Pillar, we're in this together No stopping us full speed ahead Go Story Pillar, shake it up a little Make cloudy skies brighter with friends everyone. Welcome to the 11th episode ever of Story Pillar, a podcast where we tackle sticky situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up advice from you, our listeners. This is actually kind of a special episode today. <gasps> because it's Sparky's first day? <laughs> uh, well, that too. Um, but it's also our last episode of season one. <gasps> what? It's our last episode of Story Pillar ever. Oh, the pain, the horror. Sparky, hold me. That's totally not what she said, Sneak. Why are there chicken feathers everywhere? Anyway, Meg said it's our last episode of season one. As in, we're taking a break, but... We'll be back at the end of the summer. Well, hot sweet potato, that's a relief. False alarms. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, Bean's right. 
We're taking a few weeks off to track down some more stories and gather a few more sticky situations to tackle, but we'll be back with season two on Monday, August 14th, 2023. Grownups, if your kid loves Story Pillar as much as we love making Story Pillar, head to storypillar.com to join our email list. We'll let you know when we post bonus episodes over the break and we'll remind you when it's time for season two. I wonder where we'll go in season two. And maybe Sparky can even sing the season two theme song. Uh, we'll probably stick with Andy and Susanna. Um, for now, let's check in with our listeners and find out what sticky situation we're tackling this week. Listeners. How are you feeling today? Aw, someone said they're going to miss us. That's kind of nice. I mean, not that you're feeling sad and whatever, but you must like listening and hanging out with us, and that's cool. We like hanging out with you, too. Right, As much as a chicken likes bananas. (laughs) Okay. Good to know. Um, how are you two feeling today? Well, um, kind of like that listener, I guess. Like, a little sad that this is our last episode for a while, but I don't know. Also, a little happy, because I've learned a lot about what to do with my feelings, and I'm glad we get to do another season. That's great, Bean. How about you, Sneak? How are you feeling? Absolutely fantastic because I finally have a giant chicken. <laughs> I can tell. But actually, now that I think about it, I'm also feeling a little mad. Really? Yeah. I really, really wish she could live at home with me where a giant chicken belongs. Uh, are you sure about that last one there, Snake? Absolutely. You have Spike. Moms have legs and ocho. Uh, what are... They're pet tarantulas for some reason. Oh, wow. Which means I'm the only one that can't have the pet I want. Because moms say no giant chickens ever. <laughs> and it's just so unfair. Oh, Sneak, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. Especially since you were so excited about Sparky. <laughs> At any rate, I do think we have our sticky situation of the week. What do we do when something feels really unfair? Wait, does that mean it's story time? Yep, this week we're traveling to Ghana, a country in Western Africa surrounded by Ivory Coast to the west, Burkina Faso to the north, Togo to the east, and the Gulf of Guinea to the south. It's covered in grasslands and rainforests, and it even has the largest artificial lake in the world. Lake Volta. Ooh, and there's this amazing creature that lives there called a Galago that I talked about on my sneak attack last week. It's teeny weeny, only up to six inches long, but it can jump up to seven feet. That's like as long as your couch. Holy cheese balls. (laughs) Okay, before we start, there are around 80 languages spoken in Ghana. So I figured today we'll try two of them called Hausa and tree. My friend Suya told me that yakike is how you say 
how are you? And Hausa and my friend Kelsey said that etisang means what's up and tree. Let me say those again. Ready? Yakike and etisang. Wanna try? Yakike etisang. Yakike etisang. Yep. Okay. Listeners, your turn. Great. So Wea and Kelsey would be proud. Okay. Rocket time sneak. Buckle your butts, everybody. And countdown. Three, two, one. Giant chicken blast off. Chameleon's Big Win. Written by Megan Cahill Asenza. Adapted from King Chameleon and the Animals, a Ghanaian folktale. In Ghana, a country tucked into the western curve of Africa, all sorts of wild animals live and roam between the rainforest and savanna. At times, they get along just fine, laughing, playing, and singing songs. But other times, the forest and plains ring with their squawks and squabbles as they struggle to live together in peace. Leopard, for example, loves to sleep draped over a low, thick tree branch, the perfect spot for her mid-afternoon naps. Or it would be if it weren't for Elephant trumpeting his trunk at the loudest possible volume every time she's about to doze off. After his ear-splitting racket startles her awake for what seems like the 10 millionth time, Leopard jumps down, scoops up a slab of mud, and slaps it over the noisy beast's nostrils. Oi, snorts Elephant, sending a muddy splatter in all directions. I'm trumpeting here. Well, I am sleeping here, Leopard snarls, stalking back to her favorite branch. And over in the river that winds through the forest like a great muddy snake, Hippo and Crocodile both love to sun on the riverbank. Unfortunately, they can never quite agree on who gets the softest, sunniest patch of grass. So instead of blissfully basking in the warm rays, they spend most of their time wrestling at the edge of the water. Get out of my spot, Crocodile hisses. Your spot? This is my spot, Hippo yells back. Move! Make me! Hippo opens her mouth wide, giving Crocodile a good look at her long, sharp tusks. Even Bush Baby and Monkey, usually the best of friends, sometimes have trouble getting along. They love to play hide-and-seek in the towering trees, giggling as they leap from branch to branch and fly (laughs) through the leaves. But whenever Bush Baby manages to slip away for a bit of foraging, nine times out of ten, there's Monkey, bent on mischief, dashing off through the canopy, arms loaded with fruit. Hey, those are mine! Bush Baby crosses her little arms and stomps away. Oops, sorry! Monkey calls after her cheeks stuffed, and chin streaming with mango juice. Now Hornbill, who sees everything from his perch high up in the trees, hates when his friends are at odds. One morning, fed up with their quarreling, he gathers all the animals together at the riverbank. They obediently circle round, but glare crossly at each other as he clears his throat. throat) We need a king, Hornbill announces gravely. Or a queen. Hippo pipes up. 
Yes, or a queen to help sort out our disagreements and keep the peace. Hornbell glances around at the animal's slow nods. Now, who will it be? First, Leopard nominates Lion, but the other animals immediately frown and shake their heads. Uh-uh. No way. Haven't you seen the way he teases the poor little mice? Bush Baby squeaks. He thinks it's fun to scare the daylight out of them. Lion grins down at her and snaps his teeth. No, says Monkey, squeezing Bush Baby's hand and giving her a pat. Well, then, how do we decide? Chameleon asks scrambling down a vine and settling next to Hornbill. And so the animals put their heads together and think. And they think. And they think some more until... I know, I know! Hare shouts. We will have a race! A race, Leopard says slowly, clearly trying this suggestion on for size. Yes, we will have a race to the baobab tree at the far edge of the forest. And whoever sits on that big rock first will be king, Elephant adds with an enthusiastic trumpet. Okay, it is settled then, Hornbill declares and flies off, wide black wings sweeping up and up through the swaying trees. The next morning, the air crackles with excitement as all the animals, great and small, arrive for the race. Hornbill swoops down with a baobab leaf crown clutched in his claws and hands it off for safekeeping to the little gray mice hopping at his feet, eager for the spectacle to begin. He grabs a stick and scratches a starting line into the dirt as the animals make their way over, jostling for position. Watch it, monkey boy. Hippo glances at hair, bouncing up and down in anticipation. Bush baby eyes elephant's massive feet. And Leopard stretches her powerful legs and falls into line next to Water Buffalo, who paws the ground and tosses his head. Everyone is crouched and ready. Hornbill raises a wing and gives the command. On your marks. Get set, go! And they're off. Hornbill soars overhead, watching the animals charge through the forest, branches and leaves quivering in their wake. Hare, of course, is in the lead, sprinting over rocks and twigs, the dust flying up around her like clouds of steam. Leopard streaks close behind. Elephant, hippo, and water buffalo crash along in third, and Bush Baby and Monkey, still clutching hands, drag each other along in last place. I'm gonna win, I'm gonna win! Cheers Hare as the baobab tree comes into view. But just before she can sit on the great flat rock under its wide branches, a voice calls out from the direction of her furry round bottom. Better luck next time, Hare! Crow's chameleon, appearing out of nowhere and doing a little victory twirl. I win! <laughs> I got here first! Hare's ears flop. Her nose twitches and her mouth falls open in shock. What? How did you even get there? Easy. I latched onto your tail and turned my skin white. You didn't even know I was there. <laughs> Chameleon turns and holds out a sticky palm to Hornbill. So, can I have my crown? I am king after all. I got here first. Yes, sir. That's not fair. You cheated. Hair sprints away as the other animals tumble <sighs> toward the finish line. <sighs> they all call after her. Hair. 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 But when she does not return, they whirl as one and glare at Chameleon. Well now, <laughs> friends and faithful subjects, <laughs> he says as regally as possible and puffs out his chest. Now it's time to greet your new king. But instead of bowing, Elephant lets out an angry blare. 
Hippo stomps her feet. And Monkey and Bush Baby cross their eyes and stick out their tongues. Chameleon gasps in surprise. <gasps> is, is this any way to treat royalty? Huh? Uh, royalty? Hornbill scoffs and rips up the crown with his beak. You are no king of mine. Tiny shreds of baobab leaves litter the ground as he spreads his wings and flies away. Hey, what are you doing? That was supposed to be mine. Chameleon leaps down and tries in vain to gather the fluttering pieces as one by one the animals turn, faces grim, and leave without a word. Hey now, wait a sec, he calls after his friends, flicking out a long pink tongue as if it could somehow latch on and pull them to him. Instead, it snaps back like a yo-yo and hits him in the eye. And with that, King Chameleon, ruler of nothing more than an empty clearing and a shredded crown, is left quite alone. The next day, the forest ripples with unease. Elephant annoys leopard, hippo and crocodile bicker, monkey pesters bush baby, and hare tries to go about her day. But her heart isn't really in it. Her mind whirls again and again until it lands on the race, the baobab crown, and her friend's betrayal the day before. Just then, Chameleon, blending into the shadows, quietly climbs up to Hornbill's perch. Uh, Hornbill, can can I talk to you? He whispers hesitantly. Shoo! Hornbill pushes him away crossly and turns his back. Hey, wait a minute, Chameleon pleads. I, I'm sorry for cheating. I want to be king, but... He glances down at the quarreling animals, gaze settling on hair, sitting glumly by herself. But not if it means losing all my friends. He finishes quietly. So, will you help me? Hornbill takes in Chameleon's eyes, sad and full of remorse, then sighs and drapes a large black wing around his shoulders. And so, at sunset, all the animals gather once again by the river, still grumping at each other and generally sounding like the world's angriest orchestra. Hornbill settles on his usual branch and lowers one wing as a tiny figure skitters down and sits on the sand, head lowered, and hands clasped. Um, hey everyone, uh, may, may I have a word? Chameleon asks in a quavering voice. But Elephant lets out an angry blare. Hippo stomps her feet. And Monkey and Bush Baby just cross their eyes and stick out their tongues. Now, wait just a minute. Hornbill holds up a wing and hops down next to Chameleon. I think we should hear what he has to say. <laughs> the animals still glower down at the small, trembling lizard, but this time, they stay. Chameleon takes a deep breath. <sighs> I'm sorry for cheating. And and for tricking you here. I, I really wanted to win, but losing friends is far worse than losing a race or a silly crown. Shyly, he walks over and lays a flat, round object in the dirt at her feet. Here, this... This is for you. I worked on it all night long. He flicks his tongue nervously. You are the rightful king after all, fair and square. The animals hold their breath as Hare picks up the homemade crown and fingers the bright blue and yellow feathers tucked in among the twigs. After a long minute, a familiar spark returns to her eyes and she carefully places it on her head. Well, I definitely don't want to be king, she says with a smile. But Queen Hair does have a nice ring to it. And with that, the animals explode into celebration. Hip, hip, hooray! hooray! hooray!
hooting and trumpeting and dancing a mad conga up and down the riverbank. Chameleon, grinning ear to ear, bounces along, barely managing to cling to Elephant's back. True, he may not have a crown, but really, what does that matter? Glancing around at his friends, he throws back his head. All hail, Queen Hair! He shouts. His joyful cheer echoing through the leaves, loudest of all. The end. So, what did you think? That was fantastic! Especially when Chameleon was all like, Haha, I totally cheated, but I'm still the king anyway, so do whatever I say forever! But then all the animals were just like, uh, that's a hard no there, bucko. And it worked! Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, too. Because it's not all that easy to get someone who's, like, cheating or whatever to stop being unfair. Exactly! But when a whole bunch of friends put their feet down together and say, No deal, baby. Whip. Out of here. Then the cheater or unfair person or whatever doesn't really have anyone left to be unfair to. Which is exactly what the animals did in the story. <gasps> Wait just a hot little minute. Does this mean me and Bean can't go home until Mom says Sparky can live with us? Uh, no, Sneak. Absolutely not. You should definitely go home when we're done recording. Okay, that's a relief, because I definitely didn't pack any underwear in my backpack today. Although, I suppose I could go without. Uh, you could. Um, but remember, not every solution works for every sticky situation. So far, we have one unstick trick for when someone's being unfair. Find friends to help you send a clear message. Now let's check in with Raquel, Grace, and Jamie to see what they recommend. Hi, I'm Raquel. I'm seven years old. So if someone says something like, hey, we have to do what I want to do, not what you want to do, what might you say? That's not fair. Or we could take turns. Or I could just say stop to them. Okay. Thank you so much, Raquel. High five. Woohoo! Hi, my name is Grace. I'm six years old. Okay, Grace, what do you do when when someone's being unfair? I forgot. Do you like do do, do you like mix the two things together? Yes. So that cool. the other person gets a little bit of what they want and you get a little bit of what you want? Yes. Nice strategy. Let's keep talking. So, what do you think, Sneak? Can you and your moms figure out a compromise? Well, maybe. And, like, I could, like, stand in the corner and chant, go, sneak, go, or something. Aw, Beanie Weenie. You'd do that for me? (laughs) Ew, don't call me that. But, yeah, I totally would. Well, I guess it's worth a good old-fashioned trial. Thank you, Grace, Jamie, and Raquel. You giant chicken testerific. <laughs> yes, thank you both. 
Okay, listeners, if you have an unstick trick you use when something feels unfair, we'd love to hear about it. Send your grown-ups to storypillar.com slash unsticktricks for more information. Okay, that's it. We finished our 11th episode and first season ever of Story Pillar. Sweet Harry Coconuts, this calls for a supersonic celebratory self-high five. Blam! Holy coconut sneak. That was a whole lot of words, even for you. Whatever you say, Sister Mr. Whister Blister. Sneak. <laughs> okay, I think we'd better wrap this up. Okay, everyone, thanks for joining us for season one. We'll see you on Monday, August 14th, 2023, for season two. Just like season one, we'll have new full episodes every other Monday and mini episodes. <gasps> Sneak attacks! And banometer checks. In the weeks between. Don't forget to have a grown up join our mailing list so you never miss an episode. And before we take a break for the summer, we'd love to know what you want to hear while we're off tracking down more stories and sticky situations. Grown ups, look for the link to our summer break survey in the episode notes or head to storypillar.com. As always, thanks to Andy Job and Susanna Bridges for their work on our theme song. And an extra special thank you to Susanna for her unparalleled chicken squawks. For more of their great kids' music, check out andyandsusanna.com or find them on Spotify and iTunes. A giant shout-out to Megan Cahill Asenza for writing our story this week and to Rebecca Cunningham for her work on our audio. And grown-ups, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Finally, thank you. Our handle is at sign StoryPillar. You can also follow Mackenzie Allison, who does our awesome episode cover art at MK Allison Art. Okay, ready to say goodbye? Bye! I love you! Bye. Come back next time if you want to. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us for season one of Story Pillar. Remember, dealing with unfairness is tough. Try finding friends to help you take a stand. Or, like Raquel, Grace, and Jamie suggested, try reaching a compromise. Or find someone to help you talk to the other person. Whatever you choose, you got this. And we'll be here cheering you on. <laughs>